The SITREP Podcast is sponsored by Blacksite Studio, the creators of incredible pre-colored terrain. Whether you're looking for terrain in 28 or 15 millimeter, they have a wide selection just for you. No matter the type of game, Blacksite Studio has exactly what you are looking for. They have new releases all the time, and their catalog continues to grow. So the next time you're considering new terrain, jump over to Blacksite Studio, and you will find just what you need. Remember to let them know you heard from us. Blacksite Studio, the official sponsors of the SITREP Podcast. You are listening to the Sitra Podcast, your home for everything related to modern wargaming. Whether it's reviews, rules analysis, play-by-plays, hobby time, or even gameplay videos, we will bring it all to you. And now for your hosts. From England, we have Ralph from the Great White North of Canada, Chris, our historical editor, Big Jim Ariskany, and G, both from the United States. And now, sit back, relax, and get ready for the ultimate ride into modern wargaming. everybody, this is Jeannie and you're listening to the Sit Rep Podcast, your home for everything modern military wargaming. Today we've got a good group at the command table and we are going to talk about everything related to modern wargaming, whether it's miniatures, video, tabletop, uh, old-fashioned hex encounter, card game, if there is even one card game. I th- oh, there is, Warfighter actually. Yeah, um, I was looking at Warfighter. So, I mean, we have it all on this show. Um, I'm going to turn down my mic a little bit because I'm looking really hot. Thank you very much. And uh, we are going to reach out across the world wide web and bring you experts, or at least in our own minds, uh, people who love modern wargaming. Ralph, over in Merry Old England, how are you surviving your first day after Brexit? <laughs> did the world end, Ralph? The more importantly, did, did it end? Did, did England just fold up and swallow into the yeah. sea? The banks didn't collapse oh, no, today, no, did they? <laughs> oh, I take it you were not for Brexit? Uh, correct. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that because we don't talk political on here unless it's just really stupid. Um, so, um, nice to have you back. Again, glad to see you survived. And uh, over in sunny Florida, is it sunny today, Jim? That's all I need to know. Actually, no, it's not. Oh, no. Good, because we haven't seen the sun in a week here. Our three days of winter. It's great. (laughs) We are on day, what, 23 of not seeing the sun, I think is what the new record is? Yeah, it's out of control. It's, It's not been good here. Yeah, so uh, that voice you heard here in the studio is Marty. Hey, y'all. Uh, he is our new official Roastmaster, and again, we will talk about that in a little bit. We have a new exciting project coming down the pipe. Um, so as tradition here at the podcast, we'd like to kind of catch up with everybody at the table and see what they've been doing in the world of hobby and gaming over the past couple weeks. So, Ralph, why don't you kick us off this time? Um, I did some Photoshop stuff, which I sent for you for the 13 hours, which you got a hold of, which was the unit sheet for the JRS guys. Yes, sir. Uh, It looks awesome. I did a updated my Spetsnats one because the one I used for the Spetsnats had the wrong logo in the background, so I had to put the right logo in, just me and my OCD. Um, (laughs) It had an alpha group logo, and they're not the part of the GRU. Semantics, I know. Um, I created a, a new one ready for because I just received my FSB kill team. Nice. Specular. So I got the full set of the FSB kill team. So I'm doing a unit card for them ready when I get those painted up as well. So 
Just little bits and bits. Just playing with Photoshop mainly, getting used to using some of the new features in Photoshop 2020. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, looks good. I, I do have one request for you while I was thinking about it. You know how you sent me the new uh, template with the camera and ca the picture and picture? Yeah. I need one that's three cameras. You know, like when we're doing the workbench and we have three cameras up. I need a two camera and a three camera setup. That's fine. Thank so you. Be two two smaller cameras and one large one. No, two equal size and three equal size. You know, when we're, we're scanning down on the workbench. Yeah, well, that's easy enough. Then I'll I'll get onto that. Perfect. You're the man. All right, Jim. I know you've been churning out material left, right, and every which way but Sunday. What you got going on? I can't possibly know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, so, yeah, we've been doing um, a lot of stuff also for 13 hours, uh, 13 days to 13 hours. Um, we have our GRS uh, figures now for the transit game pretty much complete. We've also um, done the same for two different variations of the um, insurgent counters, one-handed shooters and two-handed shooters, with a couple hundred possible variations therein. Obviously, we won't use all the variations, but we've got enough to where we can quickly build... Uh, Pretty much any size force we need to that we could conceivably use um, in the transit game. This includes um, our uh, armored, I'm assuming they were armored, our armored, uh, what were they, Toyota Land Cruisers uh, for the GRS. Uh, we have vehicle pieces now made for them as well uh, for our, our uh, online uh, transit game, as well as technicals uh, for the militia in case they show up. Awesome. I know they're featured briefly in the movie. I don't know how accurate that is, but um, we have them either way, whether or not we need them or not. So following up next, we have just a little bit of uh, some civilians, some unarmed civilians uh, to do. And then after that, we'll do uh, the actual map itself. And we'll be ready for a play test because those rules are mostly already written. Um, and the, the, you know, the charts are all drawn up. So we're, we're in pretty good shape for the transit game. Nice. We've also had some. Uh, we've also had some pretty good games of um, Valorant Victory. We pushed Valorant Victory now into the 1990s, and we did a part of um, the Battle of Mogadishu in Valorant Victory. And we did that live online last week with uh, my friend Dylan over in Australia. Uh, he played uh, the Rangers. Uh, I played the uh, the Somalis, and uh, we had a pretty good game where they had to reach a Black Hawk crash site. Um, yeah, that, that video is up on YouTube for people who want to check it out. Um, and then, you know, some other stuff, some Dark Star stuff. But uh, for, for SITREP and Modern Military, it's been, yeah, it's been Mogadishu and uh, 13 hours out of this last couple of weeks. Fantastic. That is awesome news. I'm just updating the spreadsheet because I forgot to update it for us. Uh, so we can keep those people who are counting where we're at hours-wise for the project. I think I need to go in there and, and add like two hours or so, but we should be pretty close. Yeah, I need to add... Uh, How much do you need to add? Uh, five and a half total for... Outside of the present arms? Yeah. Okay, more? Okay. Yeah, that's that's what it took to finish up the uh, the bad guys and okay. prime the, uh, the technical that I'm working on and such. Uh, then two hours for me, uh, that would be for the two-handed shooters and uh, technicals and vehicles. Two hours for you? Okay. Yep. 
Are we at one full day yet? or? Well, as of right now, we're at 34 hours. Ooh, we're a day and a half. Almost. Yeah. Uh-oh. Dun, 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 dun. We don't even have terrain yet. <laughs> oh, no. So you guys know, if we do not achieve this in the 13 days... Um, the ambassador dies. What? The ambassador dies. <laughs> the GRS people die. Everybody dies. Um, I got bad news for you. That's going to happen in the transit game anyway. But. Stop. Uh, yeah, that can make uh, for a really boring miniatures game. Well, judging by <laughs> judging by how the uh, Valor and Victory game went, I didn't catch all of it, but it looked like you were putting a hurting on your buddy. <laughs> It was. It got very nasty. Uh, it's been up now for about a week, so no spoilers. Uh, it'll be two weeks by the time this goes live. Yeah, the Rangers did lose. <gasps> what? Oh, oh, he was putting a beatdown well, on when I, played, I saw it. When I played the Somali. Wait a minute. Who was playing the Rangers? His buddy uh, Dylan. Dylan. Over in uh, uh, Australia. Oh, see, it's an Australian. He doesn't know how to handle American <laughs> Rangers. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. I'm He's just kidding. Really well with Valor and Victory. He usually kicks the hell out of me. Uh, the, the Falklands game, he won that game like 80 to 20 or something. It was a, it was an absolute rout. Wow. Uh, and he had the um, the British Paris in that one. So he's he's usually good with Australians in Vietnam, uh-huh. uh, 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 British paratroopers in uh, the Falklands, and then today. So he usually plays like the elite side in Valorant Victory. He's actually pretty good with it. Um, just this time, you know, he got a sniper. You know, a Delta Force sniper popped up out of nowhere and you know shot up a squad of my Somalis. So I don't know. I just I just got lucky with a couple assaults. Now the reason we we kind of bring that up is. Um, we are using some of that Somali, uh, that, that Somali particular scenario rules uh, in the 13 hours to 13 days uh, scenario as well. Uh-huh. So um, it's it's kind of a tenuous connection, but if you think about it, in certain thematic concepts, there are similarities between the two. You've got an American force uh, that's you know pretty high level operators starting out in vehicles, although not the correct vehicles. They're not you know neither a, an armored land cruiser or a Humvee is exactly what I would call a combat vehicle um, trying to drive through a city in chaos trying to get to a point where other Americans are in deep trouble in this case it was a Black Hawk crash site but in either case and as far as rules go um, as far as you know either the Libyan militia or the Somali uh, insurgents um, the um, Adib militia the, the, the SNA militia you've got you know groups you know either popping up or evaporating in other words the enemy force is very nebulous it's you know who knows how agitated the mob is how you know how close they are where they're popping up at you can clear a street but more insurgents pop up behind you that's kind of what happened to him um and then i assaulted him uh pretty much from behind with some with some new insurgents that popped up so uh we did learn a few lessons design wise things to look out for and you know, to avoid those same pitfalls in our 13 hours game um there are some similarities and we tried to work some playtesting rules into the somali game that can then be applied over to the 13 hours transit game so yeah we are we are working on kind of both projects at once uh, as far as that goes Gotcha. Well, that sounds good. I mean, lessons learned, and it will make for a better play experience. So, awesome. I cannot wait. Um, I believe the part that I caught out of all that is don't let Jim get behind you with rocket launchers and grenades. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, the way the, the – the, the, uh, this is one of the great things about Valor and Victory. Um, I mean, I designed the scenarios, but Barry Doyle obviously designed the original system, and, you know, all credit goes to him. 
um, is, you know, when you're playing, you know, high-level operators, or you're playing the elite force, you're playing the Americans, the British Paris, British Royal Marine Commandos or whatever, the Israelis in Lebanon, when you're playing the, the top-level force, you know, tier-wise, and you're up against a large number of insurgents, not only is it a numbers game, it's a distance game. You cannot let those guys get too close to you, because the way the turn sequence handles and the way you're allowed to assault and, and do direct fire in the same turn if you're already adjacent and blah, blah, blah. Again, it's a two-hour video, two- or three-hour video. Check it out if you guys want. Uh, we might do a cut-down version, uh, like highlight reel, you know, later on in the week. But um, these are the kind of things you have to watch out for in any kind of these asymmetrical, you know, modern war games is the smaller, more elite force has to keep the enemy at a distance because once you get close, skill matters a lot less than numbers. Yeah. Once you get close, now it's numbers, and the insurgents will always win because they always outnumber you 100 to 1. So... You know, word to the wise for any Valorant victory player, and um, especially for our upcoming uh, 13 hours game, is if those Libyan militias get too close to our GRS operators, they're in a they're in a world of hurt. Right. Because an AK will kill you just as easily as a super upgraded, you know, M4 at you know 10 feet. So you know, be careful of that. Awesome. Words to the wise: Don't take a rocket up your ass. There we go. Deal. Deal. <laughs> All right, Marty, you're up. Uh, so I've been, uh, uh, well, I finished my uh, my bunch of bad guys, and I posted them online. Uh-huh. So if you see the really bad photos, I apologize. I don't have a, uh, a setup for, like, taking pictures. Uh, G and I were talking about that uh, briefly before the podcast, so she's going to try and uh, make me more smarter at how to take uh, good pictures of miniatures. So... That way you won't be subjected to the crap that I put up last night. <laughs> it doesn't look that bad. It really um, doesn't. You know, uh, you know, a lot of those guys are kind of darker. I put a wash on them. I wanted them to, to look like they were dirty. Except, of course, uh, you know, there's a couple of very brightly colored <laughs> yeah. ones. You got there. some, uh, and we can thank Jen for that one. Well, for that one. Oh no. For that, I, I did that. I did that for Jen. But there's a couple. I mean, there's a dude wearing yellow rain boots for crying out loud. It's, it's not my fault. The miniature came that way. They had to be yellow. And it's not like it's not based on real life, right? <laughs> True that. Yeah. How come there's not a guy with an AK? over his head sideways and a uh, old school life preserver around his neck. <laughs> Did you? I thought you were going to green stuff one. <laughs> I was, but, you know, after I tried to... So there's a dude in a tracksuit and I, and I was uh, talking smack to Gaz about, yeah, I'm going to make that an Adidas tracksuit. Try to put those lines in there. Yeah, it's not going to be an well, Adidas tracksuit. Well, you got that insane suit. brush. I thought you were going to get that... Um, it's, it's not the insane brush. It's the insane hand control I don't have. <laughs> But did you ever get one of those brushes that Chris was talking about on the stream the other night? The what was it? A forty zero or I've something. I've got a forty aught brush. Yes. Yeah. I guys, can, a forty aught brush. I can paint eyelashes on a twenty eight millimeter yeah. with it. The problem is, is it's going to be one big eyelash that <laughs> goes all crooked across their face. So that's insane. So I'm, I, yeah, I'm still working on on that part. Uh, did a bunch of work on my Crisis Protocol uh, corset. I've got uh, I've got one character that is halfway done out of the ten that come with it. Uh, that's halfway done. The rest of them are done, and then it's just finishing up the train. And as far as train goes, I think it's just the two cars I have left. And I, and somebody posted up a picture of their cars, and now I want to strip mine and redo them. <laughs> I'm like, 
Wow, his stuff you looks so him? good. I did, but his did you? He used a little different technique, and it's you should use so the, uh, nice. The actual airbrush uh, automotive paints that I have over there. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is yeah. is that I need to upgrade my? You know, because I'm. Uh, what was I using? Uh, I painted both this taxi, so they're. Uh, Citadel, uh, uh, what is it? Sunset yellow or oh, something no, like that. Oh no, go with the go with yeah. the good airbrush auto paints. Yeah, I need. You'll to... get that nice, um, you know, sheen, and you'll get that little. You know how they got the sparkle in the paint, yeah. almost like yeah. a flake. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I need to trade up on that because I saw this dude's photos, and I'm like, oh, my stuff is weak sauce. I definitely <laughs> need to trade up. <laughs> Very cool. You know, and then uh, uh, let's see what else have uh, have I done? Uh, oh. So, I did not bring him today, because uh-huh. he's not quite done, but the uh, official SITREP podcast mini yeah. uh, is uh, 99% painted. Nice. So, uh, once I, uh, I got to run some highlights and uh, throw some dull coat on them, so next time I'm um, over, can't I'll wait bring to see it. Make sure you put po- uh, pictures up. Yeah, so uh, we worked on that guy a little bit the other night. Yeah. So, speaking of which, Jim, I know I've been harping on you this lately, but people keep reaching out. Want to know about your Facebook presence? I was going to say, I want to know about people's OTT presence. How come none of these pictures are up on OTT yet? Yeah, why aren't they on OTT? Well, I, first of all, I really appreciate you, you know, doing the sit rep page first. But, yeah, you know, you could do a project on OTT. Uh, somebody will have to teach me if you're talking to me. I have no idea how to do that, not going to lie. But, you know, Ariskini's historical gaming page group, you could have your own group on Facebook. Where you could talk everything historical gaming, so just oh, just try to lure, me, just lure me to the dark side. Okay, all right. you know it doesn't have to be a personal page. It could be just a, a gaming group page, you know, and it can be private members. You don't even have to open it to the public. So that way you have a way for people to reach. Because unfortunately, as it is, Facebook is kind of the communication go-to these days. So just keep that in mind. That's why I never know what's going on. That's okay. right. You never know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. He's the historical guy, not the current guy. Oh, How's that? Oh, look at that. I'm there for you, Jim. Okay. So, in our world, uh, well, we've been working on the GRS. I think I got them pretty much done. Um, uh, we're working on the yeah. baddies. We'll do that on the next stream. Um, we gotta get some more. I think we've only got like yeah. Five I that think I gotta order some more uh, so we can get them done. And then um, I plan is by the February 29th leap year day, uh, we will start sending out the rewards to all our Patreon members. Um, I'm gonna get the rest of the guys printed up. Uh, the bags hopefully will be here by then. We can get those shipped out and the uh, shot glasses. So which brings me to a few merchandise issues. Um, I am wearing the official SITREP uh, pulley hoodie. Uh, it's awesome. Make sure you check that out on Dazzle.com. I'm drinking out of my official SITREP coffee mug, which, yes. Marty, you don't have one, you loser. I guess we'll have to get there, the staff um, their own mugs. Well, there, there, and there Ralph, a... we'll get you a tea mug. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you should do like a straight-up old-school tea cup. Oh, yeah? With the, with with the, the logo with on the, it. The logo on it and, yeah. and a little platter, and he can hold his pinky up while yeah. he drinks. It's, Doesn't all Brits do it, that? It's not a platter. It's a saucer. <clears throat> Thank you very much. I, I have to say, funny story <laughs> is that my grandson, Joey, he was drinking. We have coffee in the mornings. He has hot cocoa. I have coffee. And he was holding his cup with his pinky out. And I go, Joey, what are you doing? And this was right after Gaz had visited. And he goes, I'm drinking like the British. I'm like, I love that. 
seven-year-old slam. Trying to figure out, does that make Gaz a good influence or a bad influence? I mean, uh, I Which is know. funny because I never saw Gaz do that, so I don't know where Joey got that, but it was funny. I mean, I'm like, damn, I didn't teach him that, but... Uh, so we'll get your a mug, Ralph. We'll send one out. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so everybody, will get your uh, stuff up by the end of this month. Is the goal, um, which brings us to another exciting announcement, and this was where the roast master comes in. I've been doing some research, and it looks like we are going to be able to start our own private label coffee brand. When he said, when G said Roastmaster, I thought I was going to be making fun of people. <laughs> you do that every day anyway. Right. So it was right in my wheelhouse. But then <laughs> she's like, no, I mean coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we're going to have a label, our own private label coffee and we'll have, of all names, what are we going to call it? Life or Juice. Come on. There, you go. there we go. So what that'll up? be the brand of coffee. and. So now we're going to have to sell uh canteen cups to go with it, <laughs> with the logo on there and then of course for our friends overseas we will offer a tea I love the tone you say that word <laughs> well I guess we'll have some tea my, <laughs> my, my daughter Maria is actually Harsh. super into tea uh-huh. I just have no idea if it's the same I mean she's into some like you know, passion fruit flower oh, no. tea, it, it, crazy tea not no like, no frou frou tea it's you know um she what goes we to call over rooms. here uh, english breakfast or i like irish breakfast that's a stronger tea oh i thought know? it was jameson's well that's what you add <laughs> but uh jamo and coffee you know dawn is a prefers earl gray with the cream and sugar i prefer mine just straight up so uh, yeah. So you gotta have some Captain Picard tea in there somewhere, right? That's the old grey hot. Yeah, the old grey hot. <laughs> so yes, be on the lookout as we uh, explore that option. And I'm so see this is where we're gonna get into trouble because now it makes me this want to start brewing again <laughs> and having our own private beer label. Because I used to do a lot of homebrew. Yeah, and uh, that could get tricky because I don't know how to ship it without licensing and stuff. So um, we're going to start with coffee. It's going to say that <laughs> in the U.S. anyway uh, is problematic. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to start with coffee and go easy. All right. So if suddenly Gianna disappears from the sit rep team. You know, she's in the highlands of Georgia with Uncle Jesse somewhere <laughs> with her moonshine still, you know, watching out for the federal agents. That's right. For the can, revenue. The revenueers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking Elliot, of which. Elliot Ness is looking for you. All right. Him and his untouchables. So uh, hobby wise, outside of that and my uh, crazy ideas of expanding the label, um, I've been doing some research on my next purchase of a firearm. God bless America. Um, so, it, Don, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. <laughs> so uh, as you may or may not know, uh, I was with Marty at a gun store one night, and I saw an 1872 Remington rolling block yes. uh, rifle sitting on the shelf. And I went, ooh, i got to have that. So I bought it. Uh, it was a really inexpensive rifle. Now I know why. Uh, because I, I did research. Shoot it. <laughs> I haven't shot it yet because I can't. Uh, because it's an Egyptian rifle. It was a Remington rifle made on a contract to Egypt. Um, and it shoots 43 Egyptian, which is not made that's anymore. Weird, that's a weird caliber. It is, you know? isn't it? So yes. I can get reloads, but I don't reload ammo. And yeah, with a 
gun that old that could be problematic. Yeah, because you have to use black powder in it. Um, so it's probably just going to be a collector's item. I, I can still find 43s uh, Egyptian once in a while on some of these websites, um, but it's like $8 a round. Yeah, you got to mortgage a box of it. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um, so we'll see. But which led me to, because I had bought boxes of 4570 because I thought it was a 4570 rifle, but it wasn't. Um, so I am now going to buy a Sharps 1873 Quigley Down Under rifle Dear in forty five seventy. I cannot wait. It's going to have the nice. sight and everything. We're going to be out there shooting like a half mile away. It'll the, be grand. It, okay, you're going to shoot a half mile <laughs> off that giant ladder sight. You no, know, no, it doesn't have the ladder sight. It has the... Um, you know that's a movie, right? <laughs> no, no, no. It's based on a real thing. They Actually, that was forty five one hundred they used in... Or 110. Um, that yeah. actually shot that far. So... Yeah. We'll see. Um, I can get it in forty five seventy, or I can get it in forty five one ten. But if I do it in one ten, I'm do, probably gonna have to reload. I was gonna say, don't get one ten. Yeah, so we'll go forty five seventy because it. it's commercially available. But yeah, I always wanted a Sharps rifle, and I'm going to pick me up a Sharps rifle. So that's been and my hobby many, time. I was gonna say, how much is that? Uh, Rough, roughly. You don't need fourteen hundred dollars. It's just a drop in the bucket. So, it's a big bucket. Yeah, and then lastly, right. for hobby time, uh, Jim, I collected uh, five more games for my Avalon Hill collection. Oh, there we go. Um, and then uh, Warlord Games had a sale last week or week before on the uh, Rourke's Drift set. Um, mm. <laughs> so, But then I saw a link to the Rourke's Drift Collector's Horns of the Buffalo set that wasn't on sale. And I'm like, well, if you're going to do it, you might as well go all in. So I bought the collector set. <sighs> it's awesome. <laughs> I know I've been looking at some I, well, I was looking at one old is it Avalon Hill Gunslinger I think it is I Avalon have that Hill. game we should play that on a stream sometime Jim I can you put that on uh, one year you know can you create that recreate that for uh, ease of play I can all create almost any Avalon Hill game uh, if you send me the game or like I'll, I'll, I don't have the game myself so I'll have to get some documents well I'll tell you what I will send we can you talk a copy I have okay. copies we'll send you a copy because I was I was looking at it and I was looking at it on eBay and going nope it's not that expensive you can find it, it for rather inexpensive it just depends on uh, some people are ridiculous about Avalon Hill titles they're like super rare you know like Circus mm-hmm. Maximus I saw some guy super rare hundred fifty dollars uh, punched and I went are you insane not if it's already punched out of the sheet yeah. no no I saw I saw something this past week actually was it this past week which is really good it was on Sarissa's Facebook page uh-huh. and it's gone off topic someone had the Spartacus board game yeah oh yeah and right. you know the the arena they are taken the Sarissa um, arena uh-huh. you know the, yep. the 28 mil and put it around so the, the fighting bit for the for the board yeah, so the nice. fighting bit for the bridge and they have taken the Sarissa one colored and everything and put that so it looked like when you were moving the minis for the the fighting you were in the Roman arena damn why didn't I think of that I'm going to have to order that now have you played uh, Spartacus Marty? I, I, I have not but that's oh a my super God, sweet a idea game. I'm I'm, I'm 
thinking had, about that in my have, head, how that would I go. I used to have Gladiator. I uh, wish I hadn't got rid of it. I'm going to order a new copy of that, but um, Marty, Spartacus is an amazing game. It's a fun night. Uh, it, there's bribery, backstabbing, fighting. Yeah, it's not really a... I, I played that game a bunch of times with Justin over my trips over to Ireland. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's not really a tactical, like... No. no. This is the actual sword fighting in the arena. That's in there, but it's much more... You don't play the Gladiator as much as you play the... Um, the Lanista of, of of your Ludus. Yeah, pretty much. You're, yeah. you're you're the business owner, and you, you like buy and sell and trade, and they lose in combat. You're actual gladiators, but and you do betting and stuff. It's it's a great game. I mean, it's yeah. Well, they did to, that one right. I have to say. Yeah, we'll have to fire that up one yeah, night. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. All right, so. Um, well, I'll say would, 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 would Gunslinger really be modern gaming, or would this? No, it's not. It's, it's just not. I'm, I've it's got an old west. But yeah. you know what? It's my passion in life outside of modern gaming. Anything old west. Um, Hence the guns. Yeah, I was you looking at. Uh, sometimes we could do that on a Saturday, Jim. You know. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll I'll stream whatever. Just you, know, you guys yeah. let me know. We can do that as a Saturday game. You know, so you know Saturday's free for all. So you know. Saturday's usually dark star. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely, definitely not modern gaming. Yes, you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even getting into that. You were invited into Dark Star. You were invited into HK Ops. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of HK Ops, when is the next episode? Uh, can we look forward to? I'm in trying to get a hold of my players. Okay. Well, you know, if you need a new group, I bet we can get a few people together. We are looking at sometime in February, but we're, you know, it's, it's when we can get a Sunday where everyone's available right? or at least most, Yeah. you know, the, the idea of getting all five of the people together at once is, you know, that's just not how role-playing game works in the modern, di- yeah. the modern age. Yeah. But, that. um, if I can get like three, you know, on a certain Sunday, it's just, even that's becoming challenging. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Cool. Uh, really looking forward to, I, I really enjoy those streams. Uh, it's nice for anybody out there who doesn't catch it while it's live. Everything is always recorded and posted up. Um, you can find it on Twitch for so long, and then it's usually on YouTube as in the archive, so you can see it. And then Jim usually does a really nice re-edit uh, on some of the stuff. So you know he'll go back and edit it for time and just content and everything, so it makes it even a more enjoyable uh, viewing. So if you miss it live, you should always see it live because it's always fun to hear the interactions, but you can catch it after. So make sure you guys are doing that as well. Um, yeah, uh, news-wise... Ralph, we, there's not much going on right now. No, there's not. Um, a couple of things. Um, for anybody that backed the Kickstarter last year for... And I'll just bring it up because it's, it's on one of my many lists. Um, Kickstarter. It was the modern... It was the one set in the 19... It's from Locke. Is it Locke and Publishing? Could be completely wrong. Knowing me, I probably am. Um, let's have a look. Just logging into my Kickstarter here. Well, while you're looking that up, um, yep. the guys over at Iron Fist Publishing and Plastic Soldier Company posted up pictures of a table they put together for North Ag uh, for yeah. playtesting. Um, I am still waiting on my game. I'm just saying. Me too. You know, I want my stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of glad it hasn't come yet because I got we got too many projects as it is. I was going to say, and <laughs> that we, we've, we've already got stuff going on, and it, that was a pretty sweet table. Yeah, it was. I saw that. So the the Kickstarter was storming the gap. It yeah, was from, storming the gap. It was Lock and, Lock and Load Publishing. Oh, that was a Lock um, and Load title? 
That was the Locking Lure oh, title. That I has started. Back. Yeah, well, it started to appear. All the Kickstarters have started to appear. They haven't landed, or they've just landed in the UK for the UK backers. Uh-huh. But there's been people on the lock on the storming the gap Facebook page posting up that they've started receiving their stuff in the states and things. So that's starting to go out to to backers now. It's really nice. There's a lot in it by the looks of it. Um, it's got a solo module as well for it. Nice. Do you know if it's, it's really going to be available for retail for those of us who were too slow or just didn't order it? I'm not sure, but I did okay. mention it, okay. when, it when, when it when it came out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I you did. yes, you and did. And I did back it. So. Yeah, you, couple you of did times. Um, it. I'm a loser. Just saying. <laughs> but um, I'm not. Maybe I've got a suspicion that probably will go to to retail as well but it'll be once hang on it says yeah Mr. Kickstarter not a problem you can still order Storming the Gap available via available and the available stretch goals via the WAW85 expansion pack so directly from LNP okay. so you can order them yeah, there is, so here a, there is our favorite uh, super segment let's spend G's money uh, I was going to say it's G <laughs> if you go in the, I'll speak. send you the link to the Kickstarter because there's an order now button on there Excellent. that you can order it from um, so yes that started going out to Kickstarter um, back as there was there was a, another Kickstarter popped up for a solo version of Ghost Ops yeah I backed that, that one he's doing. yeah I backed that um, and then second edition so, is supposed to be coming to Kickstarter soon right yeah, he's he's looking to do Kickstarter as for second edition. I think later in the year, but it it is coming. Um, not a lot on the miniatures front. I think Empress has been putting out some additional pictures of the long range patrol Vietnam set, the painted ones, um, and some other stuff as well. Cool. Um, but it's been all quiet. But I'm guessing January it is going to be quiet. People will be starting to gear up now towards salute and adepticon adepticon before or after salute uh adepticon is before salute uh adepticon is the last weekend full weekend in march and salute mm-hmm. i don't know when salutes this year is april it? i think it is again when is it I, normally the back end of april isn't yeah, it yeah but last year it was the front end of april was it i thought it was yeah, the 25th it was like the first weekend in april or something it was very early mm-hmm. so so January I think is also the month when everyone's bills from Christmas come in. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, it's, it's 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 a thing in the economy. January just just tends to be very slow. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, LVO, the... but you know, yeah. Um... Keep going, Jay. I'll, no, go I'll... ahead. Go ahead. It was also there was the miniature building authority doing that Russian truck. Yes, that's the Kickstarter as well as yep. this. The URL's coming to Kickstarter as well, and I think that's quite soon as well. I'll be jumping on. And then they're going to have a new Shantytown uh, Kickstarter coming up soon, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll definitely get on that because their buildings are amazing. we got to get Kirk in studio. Or, you know what, I'm going to see him at Adepticon, so we'll, we'll yeah. talk to him then. Um, you know, And like I said, I, we're going to try and do another roundtable with everybody this mm-hmm. year. Um, so, you know, it'd be nice to catch up with everybody. Um and we got to talk to Black Sight Studio, Marty, so yes. we can get our terrain, so we can finish the compound. Because Jim is way ahead of the project on us. He, he, he's he's a machine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't have a life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm about to not have a life because I just got accepted to Purdue University for my master's degree, and it's an oh, accelerated degree. Thank you. And so I have to have it done within a year. So, yeah. 
That'll really put a cramp on so my So what I just heard is I have to do a 4 by 8 So what you going to be studying, myself. <laughs> What's that? What are you studying? Uh, nurse Leadership Executive. Nice. Yeah. Nice one. I hated my masters when I did mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, Marty's going to be taking up my the mantle well. and uh, doing the table and terrain. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're gonna need some terrain to show up that it can work. I mean, we do we do have the the compound yep. uh, or the actual uh, building uh, that we're gonna use from uh, Sarissa Terrain. You know, the, yep. What do they What do they call this? The ambassador's, ambassador's residence. Yep. So, you know, yeah, and because uh, it's a two-story building, but the building we need isn't two stories, we can use the second story as, like, the guard residence or one of the other uh, buildings. So Exactly. So that, that gets us started on buildings, but we do need, like, 24 feet of... I'm messaging him right now because I keep walls saying and gates. do it, and I forget. So let me get this done while we're talking. And we'll need two more buildings. Right? Um, so... Keep talking so long. I, I was just thinking about it. So we've got the technical. Uh, do we have Do we have any good guy vehicles yet? Oh shh, no. Hey, so we <laughs> should probably not, do that because those, uh, those Toyotas. Because we're gonna. Dang it! I gotta go inspector now. Because yeah, everybody's spending my money. So technically, we're gonna need three. Stop. Because there Please. was one at the ambassador's residence that they left in, and then there's the two that the GRS took over there and then came back in. Uh, we need three? Yeah. Um, I think they're sold out, aren't they? I can um, just make sure that both of those blow up on the way there, that we don't have to buy them. I'm actually trying to save Everything is sold out except the, the pickup truck. <laughs> uh, when you got one SUV, otherwise you could have... No, that's all right. I will find but, some. Um, a die cast? Yeah, we can go diecast if we want. Go yeah. diecast. It might be quick and simpler. Just head to like dollar store or one of those and see what you can pick up in the scale. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea, Ralph. I'll uh, I'm kind of keeping yeah. an eye out now that I because I I didn't know what G had here already, and so we'll have to uh, you know take a look in. Uh, if in doubt, always go diecast, especially yeah. cheap diecast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, dollar store. Here you go. It may yeah. not be perfect, you always just but it's take a it dollar. And spray, you know, take it apart to give it a different spray because they'll often be quite shiny. So I've seen people do that where they take, they grab the die cast, unscrew it, you know, strip it, and then just re-spray it, and they look fine. Yeah, I've I've seen some that uh, have done essentially the same thing. Although I I don't know that they were that. Uh, that detailed about it. I think they just uh, mm-hmm. taped off some stuff, primed over everything that was there, and then sprayed it the, the color they wanted. So is there anything else that we want to spend G's money on? Yeah, well, uh, seeing how G stepped away, we can uh, go ahead and uh, do that now. <laughs> hey, hey, G, you don't, you don't mind if we buy a tank, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean there's all that resin. Um, I mean a real terrain thing. from Empress. <laughs> yeah, it, ooh, oh, yeah. They do. There you go. Uh, yeah, we've decided we're going to buy the entire Empress line of terrain. You don't mind, do you? No. Okay, good deal. <laughs> we'll need. We'll, we'll Here need, comes the bill. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll need two sets and have one of them delivered to my house. <laughs> there, there's a uh, there was a guy that I saw on one of my local uh, uh, gaming pages. 
and he's like, hey, who who wants to help me put together 60 pounds of, uh, of the best modern gaming warfare uh, train ever? And he laid out a picture, and it's like the entire floor of his living room covered with Sarissa stuff. I'm like, ooh. And then I then, then I figured out, hey, this guy lives like three towns over from me, so so I hit him up. <laughs> Be like, <laughs> all right, so we need to find a source for vehicles. Son of a biscuit. Yeah, well, yeah, we need some vehicles. It's true. Uh, cheap toy store. Seriously, have a look at the toy store. You may pick some up. Yeah. But yeah, we can uh, we can do that. There's the for other vehicles you could use as well. I've seen it done. Is the Walking Dead terrain set? Oh, I have those. Ooh, yeah. So that gives you some uh, technically damaged technicals and stuff. I think you can get regular vehicles from them it's, too. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, I'm looking up Mantic right now. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Mantic's got. Could some good uh, stuff Black there. Side be used for some of the terrain as well? Or oh yeah, yeah, most of that we're gonna. I, Okay, I gotta do one thing at a time. You guys are putting me in twenty different directions. <laughs> and you're the proud owner of a tank. <laughs> I, I bought a tank. Yeah. Who's paying for it? You are. Well, you the, the tank spend your money. The, the, the tank shows up after the twenty-eight millimeter Nimitz class aircraft carrier, right? <laughs> that would be cool. Do you think we get Black Sight Studio to make a carrier? <laughs> You usually, I, I put an addition on your garage. You park it next to your car. It's like that big. Well, I got that third bay. I, I was gonna say you you would need a, a like a twelve foot trailer to haul oh, it you around. Know what? That would be the perfect <laughs> excuse to build that standalone garage that would become our gaming headquarters. And we could put remote control aircraft on it. Nice. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, it would be nineteen feet, uh, about eight inches. One thousand ninety-eight feet. Is the length of a Nimbus class aircraft carrier divided by fifty six? Is just under twenty feet. That would fit in oh. my garage. It, it would, but you would have to. Put you could literally like go out fishing to, in it. Trying to get it. <laughs> oh yeah! Hey, there you go. <laughs> I wonder if you need a special permit for that. <laughs> right. That's if the phalanxes are functional or not. If they are, then you probably need a permit. Well, you know they're. Kind of picky about that stuff. I don't know. Maybe if we <laughs> took it to Texas, it would be good. Well, the the, the black site um, tanker is quite a large piece of MDF. So, what else do we need from black site uh, for the compound? I said twenty-four feet of wall, uh, <laughs> swimming pool, uh, three gates, uh, three gates. Well, we have one gate. Well, we'll get three gates anyways. Do we have a gate? Yeah, they're in the compound. It's all in there. It's in there. Turn it. It's it's in there. It just shows the building. I know, but it, if you look at the, look at the backside, that's the walls. See those? If you look at the actual online thing, it's it shows you. That's not just the compound. I mean, just the building. The walls are in there too. All right. Um, all right. So I sent that out to um. You know, I wonder if it's in terrain crate. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Let's see. Mm-hmm. Battlefield, eh. Battlefield, eh. Campsites, eh. Chain link fences, eh. Dungeon depths, eh. Oh. So, Jim, what do you got going on for Sunday gaming? Uh, right now, nothing, because tomorrow is Super Bowl Sunday. Oh. So, everyone has kind of stood me up. Um. <laughs> I don't care about Super Bowl. Do you want to play a game Neither tomorrow? Do. Yeah, sure. I was just going to say. Um, 
uh, tomorrow was going to be like, eh, I don't know. I Unless mean, you're if, taking a break. If, no, no, no. I've already had a break and, and gas covered for me. Um, the whole SeaWorld thing. Um, no, no, I can definitely stream something tomorrow. I was either going to stream uh, the map or we could, uh, yeah, we could throw it down with some gaming. That uh, Sword Point game is technically started. Uh, Sword Point being Harold Coyle's sequel, not not really a sequel, the next novel he wrote after Team Yankee. Uh-huh. U.S. versus Soviets, theoretical, in Iran, um, in Panzer Leader. Uh, or, you know, who knows? We could, you know, do a... I wouldn't want to do that Somalia game again. We did that last week. But, yeah, we could definitely figure something out if you wanted to. If yeah, not, I'm up for it. I, like I said, I have no plans. I don't watch the Super Bowl because unless it's the Chicago Bears, I really just don't care. Um, okay. So, I mean, if you're up for it, um, you pick the game and I'll just show up. How about that? Right. Make it easy. That, that sounds like a plan. Awesome. <clears throat> okay, your mascot's getting out of control yep. over here, G. Hold on a minute. The dog's trying to tear down the whole set up here. Okay, we're good. Did somebody fall out of a chair? <laughs> no, that would be uh, my dog That's wrapped herself in the cords and uh, started pulling everything away. Oh, okay, so we'll do a game tomorrow. Uh, you pick it, and I'll show up. What time would you like to do it at? Um, how about 2 o'clock my time or 1 o'clock your time? 1 o'clock my time sounds perfect. Sweet. I was the make sure it's somewhat short. How's the sorry? Star Trek conversion coming, Jim? Oh, uh, we continue to okay. So uh, it's not really modern. That's well, okay. It's post, post, post yeah, modern, we can talk but, about gaming. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but on a hell, uh, maybe in rebellion against all the Star Wars nonsense that's been going on lately, I've been on a hell of a Star Trek kick lately. So we, obviously, okay, we do we okay. do Dark Star every Saturday at least once. We're gonna do Dark Star later today. In fact, we got players in China, um, all over the place. Um, but another thing that we've always wanted to do there was an ability to port other verses, so to speak, into Darkstar. Uh, we've had people in the chat ask about uh, The Expanse. Uh, I've been interested in Star Trek. We were even flirted with some ideas in Star Wars, like the Millennium Falcon exists in Star in uh, Darkstar rules. Um, she's a gunboat, but she's heavily upgraded, obviously. So, yeah, um, Faza, back when, you know, games were good, uh, <laughs> back in the 80s, um, criminally under, I mean, what happened to that company is just a goddamn shame. Um, but uh, these are the guys that created Shadowrun, Battletech, uh, Renegade Legions, uh, Star Trek Tactical Combat Simulator. They made most of the good games back in the 1980s. Um, they kind of took over after Avalon Hill started to its gradual decline in the 80s. And, uh, they last until like the mid nineties. Fortunately, lots of fans have been able to keep this going. Uh, there's a lot of fan sites. There's actually like at least half a dozen fan sites that keep star Trek going via the, or, or you know, it, they keep star Trek going the way Faza was presenting star Trek back when they owned the, the license from Paramount back in the eighties and early nineties. And then what we eventually wound up with was uh, I was able to grab these spreadsheets that these people have meticulously – oh, my God. You want to talk about some spreadsheets that, yeah. have, that people have meticulously maintained. Take that, port it into my Darkstar uh, spreadsheets, come up with some quick uh, conversion uh, equations, and basically populate and pre-design a lot of these Star Trek ships. So um, – Make a long story short. Oh, drink! There you go. <laughs> um, That's what we've I got. We've got. Uh, yeah, ask James a long, a long-winded question. You get a long story short in there somewhere. Um, what we're looking at here is okay. Uh, 
the Constitution's built, like the classic USS Enterprise, Captain Kirk ship, uh, the refit that we saw in the movies, Galaxy Class, Romulan Warbirds from TNG. We got stuff that's from the uh, the YouTube video Prelude to Axanar. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of that stuff in there now. We got the Markland Class Destroyer as described in that game. We have the Ares Class Cruiser as described in that in that video. It's weird because it covers like, like at least three major time periods, the pre-TOS era, the TOS era, and of course the TNG era. So far, we've got four or five factions going. The ship designs are coming along great. Star Trek ships are going to be very, very different than dark starships. However, um, I'm thinking the points are going to come out pretty equal. But, there, you know, we got rules for everything. We're leaving out some things. There's going to be no saucer separations, no transporters, no Borg, uh, no just like ridiculous stuff or whatever because it's just too big and too complicated. And a lot, most of the ships can't do the stuff that they describe in there. We haven't done any play testing yet, but uh, the ships are being built and they're designed and they're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're making slow progress. That's like level three as far as like the priority list. First is 13 hours, 13 days, um, slash sit rep, and then the next is Dark Star, and then after that mm-hmm. is like Dark Star, Star Trek, you know, mostly for fun. Because uh-huh. we have an ongoing campaign in Dark Star. Uh, this is why we need G to play Dark Star because the Americans are getting the hell kicked out of them. <laughs> The British were that close to defeat, and now the British are actually making a bit of a comeback. Um, Damon won a huge 500-point game last week. Very upset about that. I'll have to... Of course, this week he's conveniently at work. He, I asked him for a rematch. He's like, "Oh, I'm I'm working all weekend, man. I can't game with you this weekend." Very, very convenient. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, people are doing their own 3D models for Dark Star. People are doing their own writing for Dark Star. We're, we're putting it up all in the Dark Star thread to keep everything together. But nice. it's uh, it's going. Dark Star versus Star Trek or whatever. Um, it's going, but again, it's like third rank three priority. So it's it's going slowly. I've got sitting in front of me at the moment the Klingon, Klingon ship recognition manual, the Federation ship recognition manual, yes. and the Romulan ship recognition manual, or by Fassa. Uh, Ralph, I knew there was something cool about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness. physical copies of them. I used to play. I was in a long running Fassa. Star Trek RPG campaign we've played for about five years that's awesome we had uh, I had a, a Larson class destroyer then I lost that I picked up a Northampton a Lochnar class frigate and then I ended up in a, in a Northampton when we finally had to quit but those are the rules that Dark Star versus Star Trek is based off that's the version of because there's like different timelines and continuities or whatever mm-hmm. that's the version of of, Dar- of of Star Trek we're using for Dark Star because it's the only one that makes sense Star Trek in the movies makes no sense Star Trek in especially with Discovery makes no sense the, the TV shows actually makes no there's not supposed to be a Klingon bird of prey the fact that there is a Klingon bird of prey is a huge middle finger to Star Trek continuity that was a mistake made in botched rewrites in Star Trek 3 Search for Spock back in 1985 and they never fixed it um so there's a lot of problems anyone who like any star trek fan who kind of wags their finger at a star wars fan and says oh star trek is you know more smart than dark than than star wars is full of shit uh (laughs) star trek has just as many problems as star wars does um but uh yeah not to ramble but it's faza Whenever they got a license for a, for a game or whatever, or for a, for a verse, they usually took better care of it than the actual owners did. And honestly, that was part of what made Faza so great for Star Trek back in the day. And of course, they would create their own verses. Battletech, huge. 
I mean, was bigger than 40K ever really was here in the States yeah, back in the day. Yeah, still going as well. It's also where half, of, half, where half of 40K comes from is either mm -hmm. Battletech or Renegade Legions, but yeah. no one from 40K would ever you know, admit that. Um, again, a huge Faza fan. They're probably my second favorite game company ever, like right after uh, Avalon Hill. Um, at least for, for science fiction, they're definitely better than Avalon mm. Hill. I mean, they're they're just the best that's, that, they're, that, that that's ever been. Lots of fans still out there. Uh, all those books are usually available online somewhere, and there's a couple of really good sites where people have really kept it alive. Mm. They've edited ships that have come out in subsequent TV shows, like you know Enterprise, Voyager, and then of course the new movies or whatever. And try to like build them back into the Faza universe, or at least the Faza rule system. And uh, yeah, they do a really good job with that. Awesome. I, I mean, that sounds good. And I want to play. I really want to play. There, there's a game later tonight. Yeah. Arab League versus Holy Russian Empire. Rasmus versus Drew in China, who is gaming with us even though he's dodging the coronavirus. Or, I was going to say, is he dodging the virus? Yeah. You know, that, that's part of why he can play because he, 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 surprise, surprise, he has off from work. Nice. <laughs> so I found a source for modern vehicles. Uh, why I didn't think of this before? Uh, Tim, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, Footsore Modern has vehicles. Oh, um, yeah. So they have... Yeah, they have a uh, technical, they have an SUV. Um, so we've got some options here. We're going to need a 2013 armored Mercedes. Well... <laughs> It's not exactly a Mercedes, but it'll do. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll just paint the Mercedes emblem on the front. Call it good. They got a limo. Cool. Yeah, he's got a limo. He's got the beast. Yeah. In all seriousness, am I going to need a Mercedes for the transit game? Because I've been told about two. What? Well, I mean, you guys have to tell me what I need. Uh, I need two. I've, I've heard two Toyota Land Cruisers, but that's the GRS. Did, was the Mercedes involved in the trip back? Or? So the, the GRS, actually, one of the vehicles they took there was a Mercedes. So they took a Mercedes and... Uh, uh, I don't Is that know, in the movie or in the actual historical record? Well, in the in the movie. Uh, okay. I'm not... No, uh, in the historical record, because there's photos of it uh, sitting under the uh, uh, the car park... Uh, that it was all, you know, jacked up uh, after the uh, the attack on the actual uh, annex compound. Look, I'll, I'll create the piece and the rules for it just to be safe. And then also, Gaz, during his stream uh, on Wednesday, he was asking about the UAV. Was there a UAV involved in either the transit, the, the way there or the way back? Does anyone know? So they, they make mention of a UAV being on, uh, being on station. But it was never armed, and it was never used. I mean, no, it, was it may, used. They, they, had they did some information UAV gathering with it, but it never made UAV, it back it to them, did it? UAV that they saw what was going on, and it seems like at one point they were actually communicating with somebody, letting you know there were some bad guys coming. But that's is, is all the support they got. Well, and it never really made it back to them. It made it to the responders. Yeah. And that's we gas shit. It, it is. I, I wasn't going to say it on, <laughs> on the stream. You. Well, for game purposes, I was like, the the, the game is not going to have any hidden counters or anything like that. So I was trying to think of a way to now. Force on Force has a rule um, called the Show of Force rule, where you buzz 
insurgents with a military aircraft, and even if you don't release any weapons, it forces a certain number of uh, insurgents, depending on how you roll, um, to flee the area because they it, don't know what's unarmed. It, yeah, it affects their morale, and they're like, holy crap, yeah. they've, got, they've got a fighter jet running down my street. Yeah, and they buzzed it, and of course you kill no civilians that way, you cause no collateral damage, but at the same time you neutralize a large number of insurgents. That was the only thing I could kind of think of for a UAV, uh, actually having a game purpose. Now, if we wanted to get a little more technical about it, we would have to introduce hidden uh, units and forces, which we've experimented with, uh, G, you remember from our Vietnam games. Yep. Um, and the UAV could help with that, but I don't know if I want to bring that into you know, this game because this game is going to be way too complicated as it is vis-a-vis insurgents. No, we don't have to worry I, about I that don't think part. we need to address the the UAV at all because for the guys on the ground, it really didn't do anything for them. Right. Yeah, that's kind of Yeah, it didn't really play a role. It was more uh, visual for the command staff if you will back home. It it played no real part in the what was going on on the ground. It was piping data to some Air Force base in Italy, wasn't it, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and back to the DOD. It, yeah. Okay. You know, so it's going back to the, the so, Pentagon or wherever, uh, you know. But. Yeah, so, I mean, at this point in time. So I just bought us three vehicles. Yeah. I uh, got two SUV-ish and uh, and what they call a Taguar, which looks like a limo-ish. Not a limo, but a sedan, you know, mm-hmm. which we can use for the Mercedes. Uh, from Footsore Miniatures, their modern line. So uh, I just ordered those. Perfecto. Are they here yet? No, they're not here yet. You didn't didn't get them like Uber delivers or something? Well, Tim, if you listen, I'll message Tim and go, Tim, I need them now. Um, Yeah, so we'll go with that. These STL files look okay. I'll have to check them out. Um, A lot of good stuff going on. Right? Yeah. Trying to think, is there any other thing we want to talk about today? I got so much stuff to talk about, and I just don't know if this is the forum for it. Uh, you know, Ralph and I, if you guys you guys weren't here on last week's our last week's last episodes, we talked about the state of the uh, industry as a whole. Uh, I was interested in getting your input on that as well. You know, we I we basically said there's a lot of consolidation going on. Um, you know, like Fantasy Flight was getting rid of their um, PC games um, and their uh, Star Wars Destiny card game was going away. A lot of the card games and stuff uh, it seems like they're consolidating. A lot of the smaller companies are going away and consolidating. Do you think this is advantageous to the modern genre or is this going to be a hindrance to the modern genre? Um I, I almost feel like it's that market correction. You know, we have all that growth, 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 and all of a sudden people are oversaturated, and now we're seeing the consolidation like we've seen in other industries. Consolidation meaning less companies? Yeah, con- yeah, less companies, less offerings. Because it was like everybody and their brother was making a game for there for a while. And I think you get to the point of oversaturation. And, I mean, you look in our you know, um, storage areas, we have games we've never played. Um, that, you know, you're like all about getting on the bandwagon and then it sits there. Like I still have test of honor still in the wrap. I have not even opened it yet. Um, you know, so there's just all kinds of game. I mean, we played mythic Pantheon a handful of times, love the game, love the miniatures, but it's like you get one game and something else comes out. I yeah. mean, I've got uh, Joan of Arc sitting here. I haven't even played it yet. We, we looked at it the other and night. That was, was it. saying you got the good Joan of Arc set. Yeah, so... That thing is epic. I mean, I've got The Walking Dead sitting on a shelf. Yeah. On, and I got everything in the Kickstarter yeah. when it dropped. And I hear that one. Absolutely everything. Right? I paid a lot of money for the, for that Kickstarter, and it's still sitting on the shelf. I've not touched it. 
you know, and it, it, we have kicks. Obviously, we have the Kickstarter version of Walking Dead as well because we were at the boot camp for it, and it's a great game. It plays really good, just like Man, uh, Pantheon does. But then mm-hmm. it's like you can only you only have so much free time, and you know. Us here, obviously, we're working on projects to bring you guys, you know, more exposure to different things and, you know, get people into modern gaming. But at what point do you think that the market has, do you think it's oversaturated? Now people are like, whoa, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm going to pick one game or a couple games to concentrate on. And that's affecting the industry. In gaming in general or specifically well, the well, modern Well, let's show. say gaming in general. I mean, you know. It's, but- I can speak a lot less for gaming in general. I mean, my game, we were just talking about it. My favorite games are Panzer Leader 1971 and Files of Star Trek 1984 3. So mm-hmm. I'm not exactly, you know, the guy who goes out and buys a bunch of Kickstarters. Yeah. For modern miniatures, I don't think it's a, I don't think, I, I don't know much about the gaming market, but you, it's very difficult to have a modern miniature game for a specific thing like okay outside of things like vietnam like no one's really going to come out with a modern miniature game just for the gulf war that took 100 hours or day of the rangers now day of the rangers is going to be a supplement for something like force on force modern warfare by definition it isn't about tech it's about limited warfare they're short they're small or they're not always short but some wars have been going on for 30 years but they're supposed to be limited in scale uh, they're as short as possible, at least when first world involvement comes in. You want to be in, you want to be out. If you're in there for more than a year, you've already done something wrong. Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam are my examples there. Gulf War 2000, uh, 1991 is the positive example. But they're, Can uh, you really come out with a, a, a title, a gaming title for, you know, Uganda War this or Mozambique War that or Cylon Insurrectionist this? It, it's not going to happen. What you're going to come out with those people with a, a line. You're going to have things like Skirmish, things like Force on Force, things like, you know, Ultra Combat Modern, where it's like there's a system. Here we go. A small number of them, maybe three or four is plenty. Uh-huh. A couple a couple companies, a couple systems, this handles modern war in general. And then people start publishing supplements and miniatures for that. Yeah, um, so as far as consolidation goes, I think it's okay for moderns. It's effect on the overall gaming market. It might be good in the long run, but in a destructive way, in a, in a, in a what's his name? Ultron, the big purple guy from Marvel comics or whatever. What's Thanos. 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 Sorry. You know, where he's like, he literally wipes out half the universe to make the, you know, it's terrible, but games that there's been so many games and people's attention spans are so short that in order to compete, these games have to get simpler and simpler and forgive me, dumber and dumber. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of these games I hear are just so, you know, I mean, popcorn games are fun, but Jesus Christ, how many do we really need? You know, and no one has time or effort anymore to invest in a, a deep, crunchy game. I'm not saying that if you take out half the gaming market that you're going to see a revival of this other stuff. But um, I don't know. Maybe you would. Maybe you wouldn't. I honestly don't know. Well, I, I uh, think uh, that with the uh, with modern gaming, you know, it's uh, you're, you're looking at uh, primarily asymmetrical warfare and a nonlinear, noncontiguous battlefield. So it's it's unlike previous war i mean there's there's not a front line it's not two armies you know napoleonic style where you're you know standing up huge armies across from each other and just trying to butcher each other with whatever technology you have available uh you know so there's uh you know it lends itself to being a system versus being uh scenario uh, base. The scenarios will come off the system, but you're not going to have, as you said, Jim, you're not going to have the Iraq war game. 
You know, yeah. you're, you're going to have a system and, uh, you know, perhaps the Battle of Fallujah is one of the scenarios. That's cool. Perhaps running down Rod Irish to, you know, try and uh, survive running through Baghdad and Sadr City is one of the scenarios. But you're not going to have Iraq the war game. You know, we, right. we did that in real life. <laughs> Turns out we're yeah. not real good at that either. Uh, you know, uh, it, I think that, uh, you know, to your comment about the, you know, the games getting shorter and shorter, um, you know, with the new, especially with new offerings. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a new guy to this genre, if you will, and and I've I've seen that a lot. And the one thing I would say is maybe those those little uh, those little short, simpler games are what brings people into the bigger, crunchier games once they get a taste for it and they're like, hey, I like this, and maybe I want to do some more. And I've already got some minis and some train that would work for it. So you know, it could go oh, either absolutely. way on that. We, we used to use, uh, in fact, we still do once in a while. We used, um, Aval- or, uh, believe it or not, Axis and Allies isn't just a board game. They had an old 15-millimeter hybrid hex encounter miniature game. Right. Super simple, super easy, and I used that to uh, recruit into Panzer Leader. Um, the, the problem is, and again, it just seems that, I'm, I could be wrong, uh, it seems that these smaller games have taken over. And it's not the designer's fault. It's like they're trying to respond to the market. There's Agreed. so much out there. Agreed, There's yeah. so much out there that you can't publish a 150-page rulebook and expect people to buy it. Now, if you're trying to, I, mean, I did it for Darkstar, but I'm not offer, I'm not taking money for Darkstar. It's, I'm not trying to sell it or whatever. I, if right. five people play it, I, A, it's a success. You can't do that in business. Um, you have to you know, sell to a whole bunch of people. And you have to, in the, the way that the market seems today, in order to sell to a lot of people, it has to be two or three sheets of uh, you know, laminated cardstock or something and you know, some six-sided dice. That's your box. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a, that's a little up. light. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's normally like an eight-page rule book, isn't it? For with certain gaming companies, <clears throat> um, that's what you get, and you get a lot of fluff with it and charge an extortionate amount of price. And I think that's part of the problem. I, th- I think there seems to be a, a lot of the smaller companies are consolidating or moving, and the big companies like FFG are dropping, no offence to anybody, but are dropping the things that they perceive are not um, profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day that's what they want they see gaming as a way of making a lot of money very quickly especially if you've got a, a specific IP you know um, I think many of them are trying to concentrate on their core their core yeah. lines their core products yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah so, it's a difference between you know, when gaming is a hobby and when gaming is your business. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, once in a while, people be like, "Oh, you should, you know, take this to Kickstarter." I'm like, "Hell no! I never want to make gaming a business." All yeah. respect to people who do it. I like gaming. I don't want to turn gaming into a job. I mean, <laughs> yeah. sit rep sit rep aside. Even <laughs> you know, even even that's never a job. It's like something fun to do right. you know, with friends. or I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to, you know, accept money or take money or something like that, because, and this goes to the points that Ralph and Marty are making is that as soon as you becomes like, oh, this is a job now. My kids have to eat. I have employees. I have rent. I have, you know, business taxes. Right. It, as soon as it becomes a business, your whole mindset changes. You can't publish what you think might be fun or good. It has to be what's going to sell. What's, what's going to sell yeah. now because it costs me buy? X amount of money to even publish this and or produce this. You have to produce it and publish it because there's physical components in there too. 
Yeah, yeah and that's it. And I think I think part of I I think part of the issue, or one of the things I said in the last one, was the fact that the behemoth in the room being Games Workshop, and it is, it's a behemoth. When they announce their, you know, their profit, their figures, and people look at that and go, how much, you know, from their IP. Granted, that's been built over a large period of time. You know, the the the, the core customers that they've got. Yeah. It just, I think it it shocked a lot of people. And it was like, and a lot of the companies like Asmodeus and people were like, they did what? Why aren't we doing that? And I think that's where some of the ideas of removing some of the, shall we say, the fat, as they would call it in business, away from the business. Yep, they're but also, that. But also, I think FFG was sold yeah. at the same time yeah. to new investors. And it was the new investors that probably went, no, we need to you know, do X, Y, and Z to this. And I think that's where those those cuts came from, and I think it's it had a knock on effect with certain people. Well, the problem here's the problems I see. First of all, talking about Asmodee FFG, they were yeah. sold to a hedge fund, and mm-hmm. we know what happens when you get sold to a hedge fund. If you're not profitable, you're gone. Yeah. Well, they yeah. pair you down to to the parts so that are I am essential assuming, even and though, sell you off again. Yeah. Even though Star Wars Destiny was a somewhat popular game. I bet the profit versus cost ratio was mm-hmm. not in the parameters they wanted, so they're like, "We got to cut it." Yeah. Um, this is another huge point I wanted to make, and I, whenever GW gets brought up, I so want to make. And this goes to exactly what you're saying about Destiny G. Uh-huh. Is there are two major ways to measure market share, and we run across this at my day job. Is you can do it by wallet share, or you can do it by what they call mind share or customer share, yeah. and. Wallet share is easier to measure. You come out with a quarterly earnings statement, boom. Dollars, yeah. We made X amount of money and we're done. Congratulations, GW. Your numbers are friggin' padded because you're selling stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, 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 land, cru- or a land cruiser in that game costs, what, $100 or something? I mean, their miniatures and their figures are so expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, if you measure it simply by dollars, yeah, GW is always going to wipe the floor with everybody because you know their stuff is so expensive. Yeah. If you try to measure what the market share, mind share, whatever you want to call it, customer share, in number of players, a card game. I mean, how much does it cost to get invested in what card game? I, magic notwithstanding. I mean, yeah, compared they, to GW, you know. Yeah. Now the problem that we face, and in, in some of you know the other things I do or whatever, is that it's a lot easier to measure dollar share because it's literally a quarterly earnings statement versus how many people are really playing these other games. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 a lot tougher to measure that. Now, at the end of the day, it's a business, and dollars are what counts. So I understand that part as far as you know, like the hedge fund angle or whatever. Uh-huh. But I think some of these other companies shouldn't get too discouraged too quickly when they see this monster earnings statement for GW come out, and it's like they're making how much money compared to how much money we're making. Yeah, but you might have a lot more customers than you think. The problem is your customers are spending three or four dollars, or ten dollars, or twenty dollars to get invested into a game. Mm. I mean, how much does it really cost to get a serious forty k army going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, and GW I'll also has uh, some uh, some inertia, if you will, that you know they're a forty year old company, you know, so they've they've had yeah. they've got a lot of a lot of time uh, to to develop. Uh, and they've had their bumps along the way. We we all know that, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but literally, there's they are they're getting generational customers now. 
you know, where it's kids, yeah, and, and kids all of their saying, all all of their big competition back when there was competition has fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Taz is pretty much toast. Avalon Hill is part of Wizards of the Coast, part of Hasbro, part of part of part of. Yeah, they're not really a, a huge game company anymore. Palladium back in the old D20 days, coming out with Robotech was very big in Asia. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff is not as big as it used to be. Um, there was a big crunch in the 80s and 90s, and GW was one of the only survivors. So they, they've been in a relative lack of big uh, uh, competition for a while now. So, but yeah, G- momentum, absolutely. But GW haven't stepped into the themselves they'll sell off their ip so the companies to step into the role-playing arena and that's where wizards are sitting wizards of the coast are sitting at the top of the heap for role-playing yeah Yeah. for that for that type of game nobody's going to touch nobody comes close to that because of the the cultural shift that seems to have happened over the past three years wizards of the coast those are the people that eventually bought TSR, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. that's who owns so, TSR. So, so, the part of D&D. the part of Hasbro, yeah, no. it's the Hasbro Avalon Hill, Magic the Gathering. You, if you look, Games Workshop has dabbled in card games, hasn't really paid off. They dabbled a little bit with role playing themselves when they did the original Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Then they sold that off to Crucible Crucible Nine. I think it is. Um, um, yeah, and, and we were talking about uh, Star Trek and Faza, Star yeah. Wars, Dark, Dark Star. Whatever mm-hmm. happened to Battlefleet Gothic? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in a way, it, it seems the, like the community keeps it alive, but they know, but they don't want to touch it. Well, it seems know. like uh, GW's strategy is we're going to uh, bring a game out, whether it's a reissue or a new game. I uh, like all of these sets that they put out every year. You know, starter sets. Mm-hmm. They only make so many. Build up the hype. You got to get it. Got to get it. Everybody buys it. They sell out. Now they're not maintaining more stock. They've made their, uh, you know, their share. Then they move on to the next. That's why they're successful, is that they've mm-hmm. concentrated essentially on two lines. And, you know, if you take Lord of the Rings out of it, it's fantasy and sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. So that's all they concentrate on. And then they and they're have, sitting on that license as well. They're sitting yeah. on the Lord of the Rings license. Right. Yes, they, they produce little bits yeah. now and again, but it, it's normally produced through um, the... Forge World, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's not sort of yes, it's on the main yeah, page, but, but it's probably produced. But you got to look Forged. at it from the uh, in, the uh, level of interest. Uh, the level of interest in Lord of the Rings ebbs and flows. Uh, True. Movies come out, everybody wanted to play it. Movies have gone away. Time has gone away. Hobbit's gone away. Now that mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings TV series is going to be coming out on Amazon, I bet you'll see more. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, but. They, they concentrate on their two primary things, 40K and fantasy. I heard mm-hmm. that they're bringing old fantasy back at some yeah. point, which is great because I liked the old fantasy stuff. Um, I didn't really play it, but I did like the look of it. To me, that was fantasy, not this Age of Sigmar garbage. Um, you know, Age of Sigmar garbage is essentially 40K before they knew mm-hmm. how to use a laser. So, um, you know. <laughs> yes, it is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like Pathfinder and Starfinder are technically the same yeah, universe, centuries apart, right? Yeah. So, um, but they do what they do very well. Yes, they. You know what it's like? It's like um, they are the Ferrari of gaming world. You pay a premium mm-hmm. for their models. They're not crappy models. Um, I've seen better, but their quality overall is really good. Um, and you pay you're paying for the brand name. 
you know, more than yeah. the, the gaming experience. Not, it's an easy game to play. Um, you know, anybody can play it. Honestly, if you go to a GW store, they get you to come in and t- try your test run. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of kids that go in there, so they they have a great marketing strategy. That's why it works. They have a retail support. They have play support. Um, they have reinitiated, reignited their community support, whereas before they were standoffish for years. And that's when we were seeing them being hesitant about releasing their sales numbers. Remember, Ralph, a couple of years back, they weren't releasing anything yeah, as far as information because they knew that their market shares were, were dropping. So they reengaged the community and they're doing everything right. They're supporting Adepticon big way. They were supported LVO. Um, I'm not sure if they're doing anything for Gen Con. Um, I don't know if they're doing anything for Origin, but Adepticon is started out as a 40K tournament. That's mm-hmm. how 40, uh, Adepticon started. It was a 40K tournament. Um, so they've come back in big ways on that. UK Games Expo they're supporting. So I think they're a major sponsor of UK this year. Um, so they're doing what's right. And the unfortunate thing is they've been around. They have enough capital now um, that these other companies just can't compete with. So unless you can find a niche and support it and continuously put out – because people have the habit of wanting to buy newer things. You you play with something for so long, you get bored. Mm -hmm. I need something new. Smaller companies just can't put out uh, materials fast enough. So it goes to where people are going to play the most. People are playing 40K more than anything else. So, of course, more people are going to play it because they have people to play it with. He has one for you. Just a a quick thought. Do you think that with – Asmodeus FFG stepping into the Marvel franchise, being part of Disney, that had the, an effect on Destiny? Um, I'm going to go with yes, maybe. Um, I think part of the Destiny thing is, again, maybe the cost of production versus the profit margin wasn't mm-hmm. where they wanted to be. But I also think they ran out of ideas. Um, you know, right now, yes, there's a canon of Star Wars. You know, we have some material, but I think they pretty much ran out yeah. of you know new cards to make mm-hmm. um you know because they dawn has three shelves three shelves <laughs> worth of star wars destiny crap here mm-hmm. i'm looking at it and uh i don't think there's any more characters or things you can come up with honestly Boy, this not to open up another can of worms here but as far as what happened with star wars and the sequel trilogy is and this has less to do with gaming although it affects gaming what you're talking about no new models no new ships no new character you know the sequel trilogy was noticeably bankrupt in coming out with new stuff. As much as we all hated the prequels, the prequels at least come out with a bunch of new stuff. New ships, new land vehicles, new races. All three of those sequel movies had different versions of X-Wings, same ships that we had in the Return of the Jedi, and different versions of TIE Fighters. Once in a while, they come out with a new version of a Star Destroyer. And, okay... Whether or not you like that in the movie or not, that's almost a separate issue. But as it specifically impacts gaming, there wasn't that much new stuff that was brought out. I mean, Attack of the Clones was probably the worst Star Wars movie ever made. But from as a gamer, it right. opened up a huge chapter yeah. in land-based Star Wars combat yeah, that we had never up. seen before. It was just different kinds of walkers and rebel commandos. All of a sudden, you have like you know, God knows how many different kinds of troops and vehicles mm-hmm. and droids. And, and the, it, the, the sequel trilogy didn't really do that. No. And, it and as good as the Mandalorian battles. is, the Mandalorian's not really doing that. So as far as if you're a game company and you want to start towards license, what are you making for for new product? Yeah. The the, I think what what's uh, good an um, army of baby Yodas. I mean, that's no, it's not going to it's not going to be an army of baby Yodas. There's, there's been some, shall we say, leaks. Whether these are true leaks or not, about the next sort of waves that are coming out for Legion. 
Okay. One of those is House Wren, which was a collection of Mandalorian warriors that was used in Star Wars Rebels, which is the animated series. Uh-huh. It's yep. one of the Mandalorian houses. So it looks like they may be creating, pulling more and more from. Oh, those. House Wren, like the, the character Wren, not the Knights of Wren. Not the Knights of Wren, House Wren. Yeah, it's w, w. It's Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels. Her family. Mm-hmm. Her, there looks like there may be a collection of Mandalorians coming, hmm. which will be an interesting set to see how the, uh, what the shall we say the uptake is. Because after the Mandalorian hit, if you check Thingiverse, if you go onto the Star Wars Legion Facebook page, people have just been churning out 3D. There's places where you can get the 3D STL files or buy the the, the printed resin um, of. Mandalorians and all of that because it all links in with you know with with that series but also it links in with you know trying to create rules based around the clones because that's what people are looking at now as well I've seen a load of new different types of clones um, I saw a conversion which I really did like was taking the snowtroopers uh-huh. so take that look but painting them up as the uh, the commandos sorry the, the marines which were the ones in Revenge of the Sith, where you saw the Jedi Kaya Mundi getting killed, and it looked like they were wearing the snow clone troopers. It was the purple and white. Okay. They're they're the what's called the the, the Galactic uh, Marines, and someone's painted their troopers up to look like them, so they can use them in with clone troopers. So there's been a lot of cross pollination. So I think FFG might be have seen in this, and there was this leak list of things that are possibly coming out, like the ATRT with the Rebel on the back. Mm-hmm. Supposedly they're doing a clone version of that because that showed up in the animated series in Clone Wars and in uh, Revenge of the Sith. You saw the scout troopers from them. So I think they're dipping into lots of things and I think possibly the Mandalorian has helped, but I think where a lot of the helps come from has come from the animated series and dipping into that. And you're right, there wasn't anything new not within really. the within within the three the within that let's was on big, screen uh, that was on screen let's, let's put a big planet killer laser on the bottom of a, a pre-existing star destroyer yeah right? there, <laughs> there was nothing new on screen but if you look at things like the visual dictionary and stuff like that the stuff that didn't make it on screen but, yep. or was on screen but not explained of course ladder's been talking a lot about that yeah there's a lot of stuff put in there that never made it on the screen but is in the the book well, that almost brings so. up a, 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 like a broader question of with like, okay, so many games today are based mm-hmm. on movies for yeah. better or worse. Okay. Well, now that I think the, uh, the, the creative spearhead of, of a lot of these IPs, not just Star Wars, but I mean, Star Trek is another one. And there's a bunch of others too. He's moving away from the silver screen and moving on to streaming television. Mm-hmm. Is games based on streaming television going to be better in the future than games based strictly on movies? Like you were mentioning the Lord of the Rings series is coming out. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, I mean, the, the, the opinions on that might be divided, but at least there's new ships in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying with the uh, with the Clone Wars TV show, like most of the yeah. good stuff in these big series seems to be coming out on TV rather than on uh, than on actual movies, full-feature uh, full movies. Yeah, I, I think the thing was with, especially with like Lord of the Rings and maybe the Disney shows in a whole, shall we say, call it Disney shows as a whole, which would be Star Wars and Marvel, you know. Um, there's there's bits in there that, that can be pulled out. It's looking at what is what is there 
or what is coming and looking at, shall we say, what's happening with streaming at a whole and what's being produced. The recent, recent, within the last sort of six to eight months, the big one, one of the big ones was, of course, uh, The Witcher. Yeah. Now the Witcher got the Witcher got dumped into not only a, a very 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 well put together excellent video game series, um, but it's also got a role playing game created. Witcher, in that, Witcher in that uh, being uh, not quite Michael Moorcock's a Stormbringer. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Pol- Polish legends. You know, there you um, go. Um, you know that 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 hit, and I can't see how you would do that as a miniatures game. But it has been done as a board game um, and as video games as well and a digital video game as well. They took the board game, which I think was an FFG one, I'm not sure, and put it out as a, as a digital board game as well. Um, also, speaking to, to Gianna's point earlier, where the movie comes out or the movie trilogy comes out and then it fades and it comes back or whatever, mm-hmm. streaming TV series, I think streaming TV has more of a longevity. Like if you have two or three series of a, a, a seasons of a given series, it'll will quote unquote last longer mm-hmm. than a movie yeah. or maybe yeah. two movies. So that might impact its viability as a gaming knock or not knockoff franchise, like a, a gaming spinoff franchise, you know, based on this IP is if it lasts a little longer. If I'm an investor and I want to put money in something, I don't want to invest something that's going to be in one movie. That's going to get a terrible rotten tomato score and poof, it's all gone. And literally how long does a movie last nowadays? Two weekends, three weekends. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. Do, do, I, want, I want to put it in, in a streaming TV it, series. That's going to last at least two or three years. Yeah. Well, Assuming it depends it on the franchise though. It doesn't follow yeah. I was going to say, assuming it doesn't do a Stranger Days. Well, well, Jim, or season uh, two, just shit the bed. And think, thinking, thinking about um, about Walking Dead specifically, because uh, you know, the, God, is that show dead yet? The, no the, pun intended. No. <laughs> but, but I mean, the show went on for no. how many seasons? But now, but the IP well, for 13, the season thirteen for now, the and it's for the on. game is out there. Either you're going to be dead by this time in in post apocalyptic times, or you're going to find a freaking cure. How many different? I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a rant. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> well, see, and, and Instructor G, that's another one of our see, segments that needs to put out. See, I'm going to I'm going I'm gonna to go ahead and, and uh, refute that because uh, I would like to think that I would survive that long. But there's no freaking way I'm the guy that's coming up with the cure. <laughs> but the, the, the interesting thing about The Walking Dead, though, is the fact that last year, uh, is it Robert Kirkman, the, the author, the creator of the comic? Yeah. Comic book ended. Yeah, last because year because he, he's bored. He got, he got to he, well, he got to a point where he says that's the end of the story. Yeah, you know that's it. But you've got HBO. Is it HBO? No, it's AMC. Uh, yeah. Is it AM, AMC, AMC. AMC going? Oh, we'll just keep going. No, we'll keep going. going. We'll have a We'll have a spin-off. until the tits dry. Well, yeah, well, they're they're pulling a reverse Game of Thrones. Game yeah. of Thrones, they ran out of novels because the guy just got lazy, and he hasn't come out with a new novel. But there's supposedly still more novels coming. There is this one left, I think. Yeah, one or two. And meanwhile, we got the the comic, the the, the graphic novel guy for Walking mm-hmm. Dead. It's like, okay, it's seriously over. Stop making more. Yeah. Well, they, so in the Game of Thrones situation, though, that that may have been a really smart move on the author's part because he already had the books out there, which you know we're we're doing you know however they're doing. Then the then the the show came out and his book sales went through the roof mm-hmm. without having to pick up a pen. So why pick up a pen? The the game the uh, the show runs its course. They're done. People are are upset that it's over and we want more and blah blah. And he's like. 
oh, I'll write you a book. <laughs> <laughs> they're, upset, they're upset that it's that bad. But yeah, yeah. you're right. Now I mean, he has a chance to write it the right way because all the spinoff series have already been canceled. They, yeah. they got sh- – Yeah, they've just canceled uh, yeah. them all out, especially after Benioff and Weiss did that wonderful interview where they said, we had no effing clue what we were doing for all those yeah. seasons. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, like, I mean, that, literally the next day they were quietly fired from Star Wars or something. Yeah, or, yeah know, they were like quietly Disney went later that week or something or the next day. Yeah, but, but I mean that uh, that is, plays is right Game to of the Thrones author. This, that's an interesting one. Is Game of Thrones and how are Simon? How is the Game of Thrones game doing? Do we know? Oh, Song of Ice and Fire. I don't know. Yeah. Play it. Uh, I just gave away two I, freaking stars. I, 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 I was gonna say, uh, me, me and one, me and one of my neighbors are getting ready to fire fire it up here. Uh, the first three or the first four or five seasons were some of the best television that's ever been produced. Yeah. It was what happened after that. It, the mass battles were really good. The one uh, with Jon Snow in the middle that was a great. I love the boss. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, confession time. I have not seen a single episode <laughs> what? of that show. Oh my well, god. <laughs> I have not read the books. How, how much is is it? Seamonda. That. Yeah. So yeah. this this is an interesting thing where we're talking about you know finance and the state of gaming. How much are Simon playing, say, for the Game of Thrones license, over say what FFG are paying for the Disney license? Okay, you can't. I don't know if you can honestly compare the two. Um, or how much is how much is um, Games Workshop playing for Lord of the Rings, especially now? With Amazon churning out the TV series, which is going to cost Amazon paid five hundred million dollars. Well, it, it's it's his family that owns that that owns that IP. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of his estate. Well, here's the thing: you think about it. No one GW. They went in with their licensing agreement, said for ten years, this is what we're going to pay. Mm-hmm. Whether we do anything with it or not, or we do, you know regular releases this is what we agree to pay you for 10 years so they probably renewed it after the hobbit so i I can't remember how long ago the hobbit was now but so no matter what even if amazon comes out as long as their contract's still in play they're paying the same amount of money Um, yeah so you know they probably had the foresight to do that um star wars you know it's been around for 40 years now uh and it's still the golden egg, if you will. So you know That's, you're that, pay, you're, that, you're paying a premium, no matter that golden what. Egg, that, that golden egg has a lot of tarnish on it. Yeah. Well, you know, from a fan. A lot of tarnish on it. But you know, there's a lot of diehard fans out there that will eat up anything Star Wars. You know, there are. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, as far as uh, Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones, whatever version you want to call it, because mm-hmm. you cannot call it Game of Thrones in the game. It's Song of Ice and Fire because right. it's two mm-hmm. different IPs, essentially. Um, you know it's not a big license. Yeah, it was in its heyday, but now that the show's over and the last season was a tragedy in some people's eyes, um, I'm assuming Simon is just playing out whatever they've paid for it and it's going to die. I, there's mm-hmm. going to be no renewal on that one. Uh, don't don't say that. I'm, I want to line up my little dudes and murder people. Oh, you still line up your little dudes and murder people. <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, the um, it's like hey, the Pan, Leader went out of print in 1974. I still play it. Don't right. let the fact that nobody else plays your game. Speaking of, I just got another copy, so I now have three copies, and I'll give you one, Marty. Of yes. Oh, okay. Oh, but good deal. I mean, that's the other one as well. On me, which died like, copy of what? Last year was the EVP. Yeah. Oh God! There's another franchise. Ralph, why do you keep going there? Every time you go there, Ralph, because I have a shitload of it here. (laughs) I have it here, but and I liked it. You know, let 
I'm ignoring all of the controversy around the Kickstarter and stuff like that. I'm on about the actual license. Yeah. And the license was not renewed. They renegotiated with them. Yeah. But because the sale was going through from Disney. Yeah. That's why that license, I think, disappeared. And then that was picked up by... Gale Force. Gale Force 9? Yeah, but it's not going to be the, the same Alien? game. It's going to be... No, it's not. It's a different type of game. Yeah, I think it's a board or, game now. It is. It's a board... It's like the old Alien board yeah. game. But then you've got... Um, the people behind uh, Tales from the Loop doing the role-playing game, which is an amazing role-playing game, actually. Yeah, I've got a copy of it here. I, I love it. I think it's great. It's deadly, and it's very system, and that's set in the Alien universe. But, you know, there's all these licenses floating around that people have probably picked up that will probably never see the light of day. You know, like things we... Things we go, well, Terminator. How soon, did, how soon is anyone going to make a Terminator ge- a game did. again? They made it the is. Terminator game. Um, yeah, but when? Rip oh, years ago. It's just a few. Yeah, years exactly. Ago. Yeah. Before before Genesis and before whatever. No, it was, it was during Genesis. Yeah, it was during Genesis. Oh Riverhorse picked it up. Yeah. It was uh, Molestia. which was gone through Warlord at the time. Riverhorse, I don't think it did anything spectacular. Um, I never played it. I mean, Alessio um, is a really great guy. I know him. Um, you know, he was very excited about the game. But honestly, his most successful game today, outside of Kings of War, has been My Little Pony RPG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and possibly the the um, Dark Crystal Labyrinth game. Okay. Game. All right. I'm going to offend 90% of the British audience and everybody in Europe. Uh-oh. What the hell? Okay. Uh, Labyrinth is the stupidest movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Oh no! It's got David Bowie in it. So what? He's a singer. Big deal. All right. He looks like a child molester in that movie. Yeah, he is a child molester in that movie. He doesn't look like a child molester, but he is a child. He's stealing now, a child. That's the yeah, whole point. I, I, how old? I mean, how old is? Now, I have a huge. Back in the day, I had a huge. I still do have a huge crush on Jennifer Connelly, but I'm sorry, she's like 15 years old in that in that movie. It's gross. It's nasty. Oh, come on. I get shivers just thinking about it. I, I mean, wow. everybody, I know a lot of people love, for some reason, love Labyrinth. I thought it was boring. I thought the musical number that David Bowie does is stupid. Um, this is just me. Don't, don't speak ill of the dead. Sorry. I mean, I like his music, but I do not enjoy that movie. Um, it's I. Oh, you want to put you, you want to put a famous I think he's British if I'm if he's not British apologize if you want to put a good British uh, singer in a movie put uh, put Sting in Dune again I thought that was pretty good yeah he did a good job in that movie actually Fade Ralph uh, <laughs> uh, yes yes Sting is British to... Sting okay, is actually cool. from where I live he's from the northeast of England the problem... there you go everyone can calm down about G uh, offending the British I just brought it back with Sting the, the problem Sting with Dune is you had to read the Sting books just to understand the movie. You got to be on acid to understand the movie Dune. I honestly believe that. Um, it is a huge acid trip. It really is. Um, I, I can't wait to see what the new movie is. I, I'm, I'm hoping they're not all going to be talking in uh, inner monologues, you know, like they do in Dune. Like, it depends on which, depends on which version of Dune you. There's a couple versions, a couple of director's cuts, but no, the guy who's making the new one is uh, the guy who made um, Arrival. Sicario. And the guy who made the new uh, the new Blade Runner movie. Oh, okay. It's, 49. It's, it's Denny Villeneuve who did Sicario as well. He was the director of the original Sicario movie. Well, if it's Sicario, I, that's good. Well, now. Yeah. Yeah, the ho- hopes are high. Hopes so are that means high. we'll have Blackhawks and M4s? 
I would. No, you've just got, <laughs> you've got, you've got it, Jason Momoa playing. It's a desert so war over oil. There we go. I mean, if, if, if you read the original Dune novel, that is so. I mean, it's it's an indictment of the whole you know oil trade or whatever. Uh, Spices oil. The, yeah. the emperor is the United States. The you know there's the Russians. There's the. That was the original point of the novel. How much that made it into the movie is up for debate. But wait a minute. What do you mean the emperor was the United States? Where's the good? Guys? Yeah. Yeah, so we run oh, the world. Oh, we, Wait, we, yeah, the, and then like the, the the guild was like the international like oil consortium or whatever. Like OPEC. Companies, OPEC, Exxon, Mobil, yeah. whatever. Hey, Captain Picard was in that movie. That's yes, right. he was. He was actually cool. He was a really cool guy in that movie. Behold, like a wild ass in the desert, go I forth to my work. I want to say that almost every day at work. <laughs> I don't quite work at the... <laughs> My boss gives me something to do. I want to do the whole Patrick Stewart line. I'm like, no, I better not. So, yeah, staying in Dune. Now that's a proper role. What do you think, Ralph? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dark Crystal again. What was Jim Henson thinking? Everything is cool in Dark Crystal except the main characters. They're, like all, the they're, they're creepy people. puppet people. The, the puppet they are, people they are, the, they are the definition the of the uncanny valley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watch it for the sketches and, and not the little gelflings or whatever. I mean, at least Kroll was somewhat interesting. Remember Kroll that movie? Awesome. I love oh, yeah. that movie. And then back to super fast, back to yeah. Dark Crystal. Is Fizzgig supposed to be cute or terrifying? I never can quite tell. <laughs> he's like a ball of fur with like a triple with teeth. Well... Is that yes, the same movie? I think it's the answer. Up? No, you've got your movies right. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, some of my girlfriends back in the day. <laughs> Cute or terrifying? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was, the answer was I yes. I was scrolling through on tabletop one time, and they had, like, the female predator on there. Uh-huh. And it was, like, in the little tiny sidebar windows. Like, we can't really see anything. And because it's a miniature, they had to give her a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a shape. And all I saw was the shape. And I was like, oh, man, that looks hot. Let me click on that. I clicked on it. And there's this big predator face looking at me. And I was like, oh, my God. How often does this remind me of, like, the old days? You know, I, will not treat, I will not do Jaeger bombs. I will not do Jaeger bombs. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, now that we've gone totally off topic and tangented it into God only knows where, uh, I think we'll close out the show. <laughs> Holy moly. Wasn't this, about, wasn't this about modern warfare at one point? Yeah, it was about modern warfare and state of the industry, and somehow we ended up with uh, beer goggles and uh, the morning after. Uh, Predator <laughs> is modern warfare. Just like right. ultra-modern warfare, but yeah. Um, so, guys, um, thank you, all, everybody, for joining us on this episode. Please let us know in the comments what you think and if we need psychiatric help. It's always appreciated. Uh, please support us on Patreon if you have not already done so. Again, uh, we are shooting for the end of February to send out everybody's rewards. And uh, look for some other upcoming projects for us and keep following our 13 days, the 13 hours project. We're getting close to be able to start kicking off uh, some games play on the uh, transit games um, here shortly and uh, make sure you check out our streams uh, Sundays uh, Thursday nights Gaz pops in and out uh, occasionally as well um, also another announcement we're going to be updating the US studio um, to a new studio um, we're going to use our studio space downstairs uh, we're going to redo that and um, put in a permanent sit rep studio down there as well and then uh, be on the lookout in the next week or so for Modern Mondays on OTT. Um, so I'm going to be doing some news pieces or an article on Mondays uh, regarding Modern. So be on the lookout for that. 
And in the meantime, this is G for Marty and for Ralph and for Big Jim Ariskany. We want to wish you guys a happy gaming week, and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye.